0: Is there
1: some kind of structure to
0: it? Yes, yes. Uh, we tend to go uh, chronologically. Uh, John will kind of give us where we're at in the story. Uh, and then go scene by scene, any thoughts that you may have. Uh,
2: yeah, and then tangents.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We tend to ramble about uh, things that have nothing to do with the Marvel Universe. Uh, weird segues.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Cree and Skrull of all ages, welcome to the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast, a show where fellow like-minded Marvelites have assembled to discuss, review, theorize, and wax intellectual over any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is John, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host, the walker to my stalker, Travis, this week to ponder the question, what if? zombies apparently uh the fifth installment of the marvel cinematic universe's most recent disney plus series first animated series from the mcu sees the world of our heroes suddenly overran with hordes of the undead and the hunger thickens but this week we are joined by our friend and fellow podcaster jeff sloboda from the mcu's bleeding edge podcast so jeff welcome to beyond infinity it's very nice It's very nice to be here yeah, we are really excited. Jeff had us on uh, the Bleeding Edge with his co-host, um, Cyber, and the rest of the guys. Um, they do a weekly podcast and live stream. I believe it airs every Wednesday. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff. Yep. Nope, you're, you're right. 9.30? 9.05. Uh, yep. 9.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's right. Um, and the... Live stream is on what platforms, Jeff? YouTube, Twitch, Facebook Live, pretty much everything. The handle is always the MCU's Bleeding Edge, correct? Any platform
1: you go on, MCU's Bleeding Edge.
2: Yeah, so every week, 9.05 Eastern Standard Time, at, um the uh, MCU's Bleeding Edge, you can see Jeff and those guys pretty much breaking down, very similar to what we do on our show, a bunch of guys, fellow like-minded Marvelites, talking marvel whatever's coming out that week they do trailer reactions they they show trailers on the show and it was a ton of fun to have you it's it's a ton of fun to have you on the show but it was also a a ton of fun for travis and i to go on there as well and, and we always appreciate that um this week is the, and I'll say this right off the bat, this was the first um, episode of What If that I personally was not too crazy about. Um, So far, (laughs) Travis is already laughing. Um, Every single episode has kind of been rooted in a very specific point in time where what if something else had happened or occurred and a decision being made that caused that you know, and, and caused that differentiation in the timeline. Um, except for this week, right? Like this, this really didn't have that, did it?
0: Yeah, a little bit. It all starts with uh, uh, Janet Van Dyne getting sick in the quantum realm, and that is the difference. Whenever I mean, it's the return trip, she's infected, pretty much, and that is really the only difference. That uh, you mentioned that uh, this was your least my favorite episode so far, kind of. This is my least anticipated. I, I'd seen the zombies in the trailer and everything, and I'm just burned out on zombies. Uh There's not a whole lot you can do with them at this point that I would want to see. Like that uh, Korean film on Netflix, uh, or Korean series, rather, Kingdom, it looks great. I can't get into it. I'm just, I can't do zombies. <laughs> do you... <laughs> it, it, it's hard
2: sell. Uh. It it seems like the again the zombie burnout or whatever you want to call it the the influx of zombie media and merchandise 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 especially from mm. Marvel over the past um like decade or so um might have spawned from the Walking Dead, which is funny because this is. we'll talk about a famous last words on the show we'll talk about robert kirkman in a little bit uh, who created the walking dead and also kind of um was one of the forefathers of the entire concept of the marvel zombies in in the source material um but there's not a ton of takes left that seem to be like jarringly different than things that we've already seen does that make sense
0: yeah, the, uh, the tropes of the subgenre are firmly established and there's not a whole lot that hasn't been tried in some way.
2: And then the tropes have already been like metatextualized in popular media, mm-hmm. like with things like Shaun of the Dead or whatever you have, where they've already had that, you know, scream moment or new nightmare moment or, or whatever, where we we have picked it apart and, and said exactly what it is, too. Mm-hmm. Um and this is kind of no different than any other kind of zombie media It was just kind of like a run of the mill, even to the point where there's parts throughout this episode where they're acknowledging the tropes metatextually with, with Spider-Man continuing his run of yeah, like pop culture yeah. references. Uh, indeed. indeed. <laughs> right, <it's, laughs>
0: Marvel's the only person, I mean, Marvel or DC are the only people that can really do a a superhero zombie uh show that uh people would actually give a shit about because their heroes are established in the mainstream but yeah i just would have preferred to see something else i did hate the episode it's just not what i was looking forward to and yeah
2: yeah i agree um dc's i guess their equivalent would be darkest night right
0: Oh, I'm I'm not sure you're the the DC uh,
2: <laughs> I, I think we're saying Dark Knight's Metal. Like as far as like there's the uh <laughs> But we're talking fucking metal, Dark Knights Metal, dude. And also ninth metal, tenth metal, and eighth metal. Um
1: I do think there is some uniqueness to this this whole concept with the Marvel zombies, because for like your average MCU fan out there that's never read any Marvel comics or anything like that, they're gonna find this interesting you know what I mean? Uh, the, the, the dynamic, of course, like we all know the trope is played out and everything. I'm a walking, I'm 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 a, I'm a, I'm a, um, a walking dead fan. You know what I mean? You know, from yeah. the, from when the show first started and everything. Um, and of course, um, you know, I know that the, it is kind of played out that, that whole, um, subsection or whatever, you know? Uh, but, um, you know, overall, um uh, I like zombie, like I do, I actually, I like zombie stuff. I always do. Um, I I always I always find it really I always I'm it's I always it's always well received whenever something has a zombie tilt to it for me and um I know that for me one of the big things that I'm really looking forward to in the MCU is when we get to the point where we get to the Midnight Suns um and, go, sure. and we get Ghost Rider introduced into the MCU and uh we, mm-hmm. we get Blade you know we do the Blade film and uh we end up seeing if Moon Knight ends up being like maybe like you know partially a part of that community and whatnot and then dr strange has his connections to it too um mm-hmm. i'm really looking forward to that um and, and like this horror stuff makes me think of that
0: yeah yeah that's a fair point i am looking forward to the uh the supernatural characters becoming front and center for a bit and names you at some point uh i firmly believe that's coming after blade and uh, if
1: not a bit sooner with moonlight
2: uh and dr strange too
1: yeah, that's true, that's true. I mean, I'll tell uh, you right now, you know what would look really freaking good in a What If episode, animated, would be would be lo- those, those characters. Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. you know, Blade, like, um, you know, Morbius. Uh, they would look dope in it, like animated.
2: Yeah, last week's What If with Doctor Strange, one of the things Travis and I <laughs> talked a lot about were the creature designs of all of the the summonings you know throughout mm-hmm. that entire throughout that entire episode and, and I, again jeff like i want this supernatural stuff and i want to start seeing characters like you said um werewolf by night is one i i really like I keep um, hearing I,
1: that they're, they're gonna insert him into the mcu here like at some point soon
2: yeah cast taylor laudner dude he's not doing much <laughs> um we uh we could get man thing another fun one who i really like i like swamp monsters <laughs> um especially with big long elephant tusks and really weird power yeah, sets
0: yeah. and swamp thing was well received y- all, even if it was canceled
1: uh it was man. right
2: yeah that was yeah, a fun show it, uh. did you watch swamp thing either of you
1: guys i did yeah a little bit uh they're gonna do swamp thing on the mcu eventually i'm telling you they will dc
2: all man thing is is yeah. oh, is uh, I'm
1: sorry. Man thing. Okay, I got you. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Giant sized man thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Not uh, the most thought out title. unless oh, I think some... they
0: knew exactly <laughs> what they were doing with that title. I...
2: <laughs> that you think funny. some editor was just giggling, like?
0: All, all uh, the absolutely. Year. I mean, if it was written, if it was a female editor, no, well, no. Any adult human is going to think that with that title. There's just no. <laughs>
1: getting around it Uh See, i'm on the opposite side of the spectrum with you guys on this episode this was my favorite episode of what if so far so
2: yeah i've heard that I, i've, well, I've heard that i mean I,
1: I, we don't really want everyone to agree all the time it's
2: uh i've yeah. heard from lots of people that this was their favorite and most anticipated mm-hmm. and Again, zombie media is really, really extremely popular. You know, especially like five years ago. It was Yeah, I was like, gonna
0: say it's I don't even want to say on a downward trend, but just it's less popular than it now than it was like you said five or so years ago, but it's still pretty popular. Uh
2: yeah, absolutely. Um I mean and there is some zombie media that I I really do dig, um you mentioned a Korean film before the Korean Netflix show, but Train to Busan was one yeah, yeah. that probably kind of I smoked some me.
0: Zombie stuff. I like uh, the classics like Return of the Living Dead. It's my favorite zombie film, probably. Yeah. I like the soundtrack. I, anytime I go to watch that one, I sometimes shut it off and just listen to the soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> I dig it. So much. You just
2: like uh, hot '80s goth girls in fishnets, if I uh, <laughs> if I can bring it back to our conversation previously about Freddy's uh, <laughs> about oh, <yeah>. Dream Warriors. <laughs> How about Petty
1: Dreadful? Did you guys ever catch any of Petty Dreadful?
2: Um,
1: I caught the first season and part of the second. It was good. I dude, I that Eva read... Green chick is so goddamn attractive, bro.
2: <gasps> Very true. Very true. That's mm-hmm.
1: indisputable. Yeah, that is. uh
0: yeah, no disagreement
2: here. Is Penny Dreadful, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I have never seen this show, but I do know, like, Dorian Gray's in it and yep. all of these kind of... um Classic monsters, yeah.
1: Josh Hartman's yeah, yeah. in it. Yeah,
2: I was gonna say uh, public domain uh, <laughs> characters.
0: <laughs> That's a very cynical way of looking at it, but yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: Travis, m- I, again, trying to bring some some we're connoisseurs of context on this show, Jeff. So, um, well, Alan Moore famously did the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which was all public domain characters from you know classic, uh, mostly British literature and things along those lines, um, and. Penny Dreadful's premise kind of sounded like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but not like superheroes. More like on the horror fringe of things. Is that fair to say?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Eh. Yeah, it 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 surrounds it's, it's 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 basically features like vampires and um, werewolves and um, you know Frankenstein. I think is in it. Um, yeah, he is, and his monster. yeah <laughs> But is it but I mean but that that Eva Green is ridiculous in the show like I mean she's this like po- she's possessed by the devil like literally Sold.
0: right Travis so yeah yeah something along those
1: lines she's definitely got some type of uh, demonic uh, influence on her <laughs> and she's naked all the time and she's banging dudes all the time
2: she does get naked a lot. I did see um, the horrible 300 sequel in the movies. And I, I remember her getting very naked in that movie quite a bit. Um, she was also the Bond chick. And yeah, she, she was dies, in like the right? best Bond film that
1: like uh, Daniel Craig ever made. Yeah. His first in uh,
2: Casino Royale. Right.
1: Yeah. She looked hot in that.
2: Yeah, she's she's a smoke show. I'm He's not gonna yep. not gonna complain. Travis, do you know who wrote and directed the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie? Oh
0: God, no! I know that it was a Sean Connery's last film, right?
2: It was. He, yeah, he turned I mean, down The Matrix and he turned down Lord of the Rings, and then regretted doing that. So then he jumped on the next franchise that you know came yeah, to yeah, him, yeah. and that's why he took the role. Yes,
0: and it's never been seen again. No, who directed? I'm not sure
2: uh famed well famed in in this house the Sansone house uh famed uh, comic book writer james robinson creator of jack knight's starman and earth 2 and one of my favorite comic book writers of all time at one point um decided to branch out into hollywood and that was his first endeavor and i was going such...
0: to ask had he directed anything before or was this the first outing okay
2: yeah which is a bummer um because Starman, it it went out of print for a really long time the trade so it was like kind of hard to pick up and there's a lot of weird rights things um dc's doing star girl now but like it doesn't talk about like that jack knight um you know because robinson owns the rights to that character in some weird way so they can't really use that jack knight all that much and there's crossovers with like hellboy in it because they were both popular at the time um but it's like one of the runs that like i recommend to like everyone and again i i kind of talk a little bit too much about not only dc comics but the new 52 in general for an mcu podcast but that earth 2 run fucking ripped and i and i'm a big fan of james robinson's and it's such a bummer because i was like sincerely looking forward to the league of extraordinary gentlemen because like it's fucking alan moore you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. like we got a couple of good Alan Moore movies like like V for Vandetta. Had just uh, I don't know
0: about that. Have you asked Alan Moore?
2: <laughs> I have not.
0: I can assure you what he will say. Uh, he
2: was he'll tell drunk. you he hasn't seen it. Yeah. Then he'll and crawl back into his hobbit it. hole. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll put a hex on you because he's yeah. a fucking magical wizard, man. We actually Go were forward. talking about The
1: Lord of the Rings on the podcast of champions earlier today.
2: Stupid facts, Um
1: when we were doing our review of the what if episode five, we were talking about Lord of the Rings for a couple of minutes. It was a pretty interesting conversation. Some classic movies, man. Classic movies.
2: Yeah. Are you looking forward to the Amazon series? Yeah,
1: man. Yeah. I can't wait to review it. Like when the episodes come out and everything is going to be fun.
2: During um, when we were like locked down up here in New York and working from home, I was, uh, revisiting a lot of tolkien to the point where like i was kind of consumed by it like reading all of the books rewatching all the movies and it's like a um it's like a comfort blanket
1: format. i started reading you know it, what i mean so um a couple months back but i never finished it
2: yeah it's a rough one
1: it's it's tough yeah it's boring
2: it's like reading an encyclopedia basically
1: <laughs> sort of yeah that
0: <laughs> makes me think of Anne rice and her uh Major witches series. I don't know if you've read any of those, but there's one of them has 200 pages of architecture uh, descriptions in a room. really Yeah, it's something ridiculous like that. Yeah, it
2: is it about like uh, New Orleans, isn't that like her stuff? Yeah, story? of
0: course, of course, she can tell you all about the house and uh there's witchcraft too, but it's mainly about that fucking house. Uh and yeah, I I you mentioned boring uh, books and that was what <laughs> Made me think of that. And I like Enrist generally,
2: but yeah. I rewatched uh interview with the vampire earlier this week and was surprised by how well it held up. Oh no, I haven't still, watched
1: that in a long time.
2: <laughs> it holds up. It's been a while. Um
1: you know what I actually while. I just uh I went on the Rud Legend Broadcasting Network uh a couple nights ago and I did a review uh of the comic book and the movie for Ghost World. Um, with Thora Birch and Scarlett Johansson back in the oh yeah night. the
2: Dan the Dan mm-hmm. Klaus book yeah, yeah. That's a great
1: yeah yeah um we did a review on that we did a review show podcast show it was great we had a good time uh Alex had say,
2: you ever read Ghost World before that no
1: I hadn't no I hadn't okay um, the, I thought the movie the, the I didn't care that much for the comic or the book or whoa you want to call it. it was all right <laughs> um but the movie was pretty good I actually thought it was pretty good I like Thora Birch yeah me too I like Stephen with huh. <laughs> And she was really hot then too, because she had just been in, um, uh, high school. No, no. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Yeah. that. But like, no, she was in American beauty.
2: She was, she was, uh. she was another movie about creepy people who like girls in high school, American beauty. <laughs> that was a deep movie, bro. Starring famed pedophile. Oh, <laughs> now, we talked
1: about that today earlier on the podcast of champions too. We talked about Kevin Spacey. Uh, let's
2: not talk about Kevin Spacey and let's talk about zombies. Um, <laughs> uh, the 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 episode's opening it, it's it's shot for shot of the the big intro to Infinity War, where we see yeah. Hulk getting blasted back to Earth through the Bifrost um, into the Sanctum, literally shot by shot. I saw like a side by side thing and the animation to the rainbow bridge did it lended very well to the imagery of like what I always imagined, like a rainbow bridge looking like. And so I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. Um, It made me wish the silver surfer would pop up eventually, but we know (laughs) that uh, what if isn't going to be introducing any new characters Um, again, Hulk basically (laughs) finding out like coming back to warn humanity that, an apocalyptic event is coming and then figuring out rather quickly that, Oh fuck, an apocalyptic event already happened here. Um, a lot of what Travis and I talked about with the first episode where I felt like, you know, we, we were joking like the South park with the member berries. Like, remember, wasn't that cool? Wasn't that cool? Wasn't that cool? Just kind of making the audience kind of, um, like think back like, Oh, that was fun. Like banner with the, uh, oh, you guys are screwed line and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, you know what there I mean? were a
0: few lines where they were used previously in the movies in different spots, though. Uh,
1: like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Hulk trying to Hulk up, uh, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I do want to mention that they, uh, the final version of this episode, like they show some concept art at the end, and uh, just a mine, minor thing. The uh the wasp whatever you see her uh or Janet Van Dyne's wasp uh like she doesn't have the wings in the actual episode but she mm. does in the concept part. it's a minor thing that bugs me so I like that version of wasp and we don't haven't really seen much of her. I'm getting you want to see? I, uh,
2: <laughs> you want to see Michelle Pfeiffer with wings? Basically. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, like fucked up uh post-apocalyptic almost. Fucking, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't see her using her broken wings as swords. Uh, uh, I don't think that's an unreasonable request.
2: I don't think so either. We got Nicole Kidman with dinosaur bones. We got Mad Max looking fucking wasp, you Mm -hmm. know, crawling around in in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I don't think it's an unreasonable request to ask for wing swords from Michelle Pfeiffer and Kevin Mm -hmm. Feige at this point.
0: Yeah, I uh, I will backtrack a little bit and mention the uh, Dark Order, or the Black Order, rather. I'm excited to see them again. I kind of can't get enough of them, even though they don't really have much character at all. Uh, They're just really cool-looking ones. And I'm wondering if we're ever going to get Supergiant, which is like the missing member from the comics, unless you count uh, Black Swan, which I don't really...
2: Well, Black Swan was technically part of the uh, cabal and not part of the Black Order, Travis.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I. If you, you look like back on Hickman's dead. No <gasps> Time
2: Out. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm i happy to see them used like this as just these, you ooh. know, in there, cool looking, visually striking, interesting, bad guy Almost like the character actors of the superhero world, you know what I mean? Like, yeah,
0: yeah, well, they've gotten a lot more mileage out of them than I expected to after Infinity War and had killed them all, pretty much. Uh, yes. So, yeah, they found ways to get them in there, so that's nice. Uh,
2: How did they get down? Because in Infinity War, there was the, the donut ship, right? Mm-hmm. And in this one, they just kind of got beamed down like Star Trek style? You know what oh, I, mean? I
0: assume it was the same. Uh it was the, didn't same. See the Q ship. Yeah. It was the same. Okay.
1: Yeah, they got beamed down the same exact way.
2: But oh. there was no I did maybe I just missed the big Q ship. It looked like they just kinda like pew, see, Like I don't remember down seeing there.
1: it, but it had to be there unless
0: it was a Z ship instead for zombies. So like maybe if they want to stay on brand. <laughs>
2: I uh I like Ebony Maw too. He's my favorite. He's kind of on like the highlight,
0: like the, he gets more personality than the rest. Uh the others just get hinted at and then the big guy gets nothing at all.
2: Uh Call Obsidian, much. I believe, is his name, right?
0: Hmm. Yes, yeah. oh, yeah, what it is in the movie and the comic hit, Black Dwarf. But yes. I uh, yes.
2: I remember that they, they like renamed them. Um mm-hmm halfway through his like you're about to feel the reckoning of the children of thanos um the fucking the the sling ring portals pop up and banner thinks oh, by the way back step back step let's talk about banner's robe pretty comfy looking robe by the way um it looked like the robe that the generic uh bad guy um guys from Doctor Strange the Sorcerer's War, like he just jacked like a random oh, purple yeah, pajamas. robe.
0: <laughs> yes. Kung Fu pajamas, yes,
2: yes. Kung, Kung Fu pajamas, yes. I believe they call them geese Um, <laughs> um
0: I didn't Rasmussen technical g- in here. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yes. Well we did a whole episode on Kung Fu movies last week, so mm. I did my research.
1: Oh ho, ho.
2: Um, um. But then, yeah, the 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 Black Order gets basically showed up. Banner screams, "You guys are screwed!" Or whatever. You're really screwed now. And we see the lineup of Strange, Wong, and Ironman taken out the Black Order to be revealed as zombies. Oh. Um, do you guys like the animation for the zombies, Jeff? Did you think like the animation lent well to this?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was, a a, a fitting. Um, it, it didn't, uh, like stand out in any really way to me, but, uh, it looked the way I thought it would look. Um, and uh, I thought the animation was really good. Um, I think that, uh, it, it was really great that so many of the actors and actresses came back to voice their characters and stuff like that and everything. I thought that was really great, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and even in the one instance where, you know, um, uh, you you don't get Tom Holland doing Spider-Man's voice. You don't even really notice it. You know? Um, but um basically uh I felt like they looked great. Like, I mean, you know, um I, I had I, I I didn't have that much personal like experience with the Marvel zombies concept uh going into this episode. Um, so for me it was really like eye-opening to see, you know, I was surprised. I didn't know what the hell was going on at first. I thought that Iron Man and Doctor Strange and, and and Wong were okay. I didn't know they were zombies. Mm-hmm. So then when they turned into zombies, I was like, holy shit, Like they can actually use their powers and everything, which is the concept that I love about it. You yes know what sir. I mean? Yeah, yeah I, that
0: is a fresh take, uh, them being intelligent enough to still be super beings. Uh, yeah, that that is fun for sure. I like the look of them. Uh, the action... It was fine. It's like just said, it didn't really stand out uh, as particularly great or anything. One issue I have throughout the episode, which yeah, it's me being pretty unreasonable probably because this is on Disney Plus and uh, no one uh, bleeds until they become a zombie and then you can watch them get dismembered instantly, which is just... I mean, even if someone gets impelled later, there's no blood it's just yeah i kind of whack a little bit a little bit and Mm -hmm. it's not like the movies haven't shown this blood before uh it's always my go-to to to mention the the guy that gets thrown into the propeller in the first adventure uh the first captain america film
2: it's a good kill travis
0: it is it is it's a great uh... kill some would say It it lingers in my mind. Especially
2: for a Nazi. It's a very good way to go for a Nazi.
0: Yeah, yeah. I do wonder if him being a Nazi made it... It's like murdering an alien or just a monster where they don't count as full people for the PG-13
2: rating. Like, you could get away with killing them because they're fucking Nazis and we all just want to see them die so you can get get away with the gore because it's a Nazi. The way, like, uh, Suicide Squad turned everyone into Putty Patrol...
0: The MPAA or whatever, they don't want to be seen as <laughs> sympathetic to Nazis, I think is probably what's going on there. I, uh...
2: There's a dope kill from the, the Wong, the way Wong zombie goes is like the sling portal closes around his, around his neck and he gets like decapitated right off the bat. Mm-hmm again one of the things i do like about zombie media um even though we were kind of saying a lot of it is played out you're always going to find fun new ways to shoot things and cut things up and and Mm. do gross stuff and gore with them so seeing cool kills in in zombie media is something i do still get some kicks out of you know and um the getting chopped off with the sling ring and and in a couple seconds, that's the, a the swarm of ants that that eats them was pretty cool. But again, like Travis said, like the severe lack of blood and gore, it's kind of a bummer because it's, it's half the fun of those kinds of kills in a way. Um, Jeff, what you were saying with the intelligence factor and them still being able to use their powers is... One of the more interesting things from the um, from the source material and the comics. Um, So like Marvel Zombies as a concept came about during the like mid aughts, um, like 40 something issues into the Ultimate Fantastic Four series, uh, which is like, a younger Fantastic Four. You know, they're not, like, doctors yet. They're, like, going for their PhDs and part of this think tank. So, you know, through the run, a little, like, midway, halfway through, uh, Reed Richards being Reed Richards is, like, reaching out to parallel dimension Reed Richards, similar to what he does, like, with the Council of Reeds and things like that. And he hears from... This alternate universe Reed who says like come over to our universe we have something to show you and they go over to this parallel universe and it's fucking it's a zombie universe yeah. and he was luring people using Reed's brains to create a machine because they had run out of food to lure people from other dimensions at this point into that universe to feed off of them and I guess that concept uh, Marvel started selling a lot of merchandise with the Marvel zombies kicked off so much that they started um, like a limited series called Marvel zombies that was written by Robert Kirkman, who later like a year later went on to create the walking dead and uh, Travis, it was actually Sean Phillips did the art, the interiors on that um, famous for working with that brew Baker, you oh, know, yeah. the, the captain America run and, and mm-hmm. all this new image stuff that he's doing with Brew with Brubaker and um it's not a run that I particularly like that much um I'm not sure if the people who say they do have ever read it because like it's so steeped in like ultimate universe continuity like ultimate magnetos there and like asteroid m is a big part of it and it's weird but one of the cooler concepts that that caught my eye out of that that was interesting is like You know, ultimate Reed Richards was still smart. You know, he was still operating at the intellectual prowess of Reed. Mm -hmm. It's just like he wanted to eat people and like the hunger, they call it the hunger, the hunger kicked in. So all of these superheroes like still had their a certain amount of their intelligence left to use their powers use technology and things along those lines where we're normally seeing zombies as these like mindless you know the, the literal walking Dead, like you know Romero zombie so like that is like a super kind of interesting take especially for like the um comic books and superhero genre kind of in general, you know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of started talking about it before, but the swarm of ants eventually saves Banner. And uh that's where we're introduced to Ava Angelilli, the great Ava Angelilli, um, my girl Kate from Lost, uh returning um to play Hope Van Dyne. Um any concerns about the ants not being able to contract this zombie virus, by the way. <laughs>
0: I hadn't considered it I would assume they're immune uh, otherwise you'd have zombie birds and everything else uh, zombie <laughs> animals is just too hard to ride around yeah I know that there have been movies that have done that and uh, yeah I uh, I don't have an of interest in movies
2: <laughs> uh, well you're not interested in zombie <laughs> well I'm, I'm
1: literally thinking of zombies The uh, I don't know that, if it was an asylum edition uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think John. Um, I think like having Hope pop up in the show in the show was great.
2: Yeah, me too. Yeah,
1: I like that she's depicted as kind of a badass
0: here, uh, more so than in the movies so far. Like she's definitely more proficient than Scott in the Ant gear. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you never you saw, saw her more her. like
1: a, like a day in, day out Avenger like ever. You know what yeah. I mean? So we got to see mm-hmm. that for the first time, which was great you know like it made me think like what 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 would it have been like if they had inserted the wasp into the avengers like right off the bat you know what i mean yeah i'm also kind
0: of curious to see if they ever incorporate her into the actual like 616 uh comic universe uh as an original creation of the mcu she's not there still surprisingly uh, yeah, i mean colson has been incorporated next. one of the other uh big characters the MCU's
2: made and um i and now with with Shang I mean just to go on on this kind of tangent with original characters from the MCU eventually mm-hmm. being incorporated into the Marvel Universe I'm curious too seeing Hope this week Wu and um Shang-Chi like those characters that seem to resonate really well with audiences if they'll eventually just be kind of pressed into the comics like Colson is kind of like leading an event right now for Jason Aaron with the Avengers. Um,
0: is it the squadron uh, Supreme thing that they, yeah, I stopped reading Jason Aaron's Avengers run, but they were setting up something with that whenever I was reading.
2: Yeah, it's uh, actually the only reason I picked it up was because it was called Heroes Reborn, and I was hoping that it was gonna be like you know Rob Liefeld error like callbacks, but it ended up being Squadron Supreme. Um, but Coulson's at the at the forefront of that, and I I really like Hope Van Dyne as a character. Um, Janet Van Dyne is one of my favorite avengers from the silver age and like always has been for some reason i just really dig the wasp and don't like hank pym and think it's funny like how unlikable hank pym is in the comics so i've always like kind of dug that she was like the cool one and he was like the shitty one like he was always the one getting ragged on and then being like you're out of the group and janet being like sorry hank (laughs) like i'm cooler than you um yeah, I, I hope to see more of her and um, Spidey swooping in here. Again, Spider-Man lends really well to animation, like his abilities and like what he does. I thought the the sweeping shots of him saving Banner and sweeping through New York City looked really cool. Um, the Watcher also poking his head just a little bit closer and closer to our Reality, also, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this time, we see him what like looming over New York City. Like, you see the outline of his face, like showing face, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, a bit more. And uh, you can also tell that it looks to be a, a black guy as the watcher. And so, they're going, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. In the past couple of episodes, you've seen him and everything, but it's not really clear 100%. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm. I'm really hoping they segue him into live action too. Uh, he's got a perfect voice with character, and anyone that complains about a Black Watcher is not someone skater or
2: to. He's a fucking space yeah. monster, like. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: <laughs> like, mm-hmm. come on. I love these sequences that they keep having where they like where they show him in the background of like a mm-hmm. uh, like a a scene. You know, like. every time they do that i just love it i think it's stunning Mm -hmm.
2: we actually first talked about it when we were on your show for the um the second episode with with t'challa and um and that was the first time, the first instance, rather, where we, we saw him, you know, be kind of part of the background animation or, or the, the imagery of the scene itself as this, like, large, looming, like, imposing thing rather than just being off to the side as his own kind of character. Um, that was the first time we had noticed it. And it's getting more and more apparent with each episode. Um, drivers and i have a, a we want to start like a running pool on when he's going to interfere because uh a is like infamously bad at his job because he's always like it's my job not to interfere and then like does I something mind if i
0: touch
1: stuff a bit we Rearrange? <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah it's yeah. important
2: yeah. yeah
1: yeah i don't think they'll have him do anything like that in this seat this season
2: i'm, I'm hoping the last episode but, uh yes I I want the season finale to be what if the watcher interfered. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. So that'd be about half the issues that he's actually
2: in. No, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> half the appearances of the Watcher till Nick Fury eventually got tired of him doing it and shot him in the face, <laughs> which is like, a re- I think it was called like original sin. And like Fury shot the Watcher to like steal his eye or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, could like yeah. It's, uh goodness. Oy, they, he gives us the uh, exposition dump too on the origins of the virus. Oh um, yeah, the uh,
0: the, zombie land knockoff kind of uh, explanation. Uh, well, that
2: was Spidey. I'm talking oh, about. Oh, oh, oh. I, uh,
0: yeah, I'm talking about
2: a Watu. Oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah. You're right,
0: you're right.
2: He, He's like uh, Hank Pym went to save Janet in the quantum realm, basically like the beginning or the middle Mm -hmm. of Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then when he showed up, she'd be infected by zombies. And the only real thing I have to say about this is the fucking quantum realm looks so cool, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, most definitely.
2: Also, they have a bit of a flashback to the Avengers lineup when they go to stop the zombies, like predating these events And they arrive in San Francisco from the Quinjet. And I just thought the lineup was cool. It was Hawkeye, uh, Natasha, Ironman, uh, Cap, and Black Panther, you know, set after the events of Civil War. Mm -hmm. So they obviously have made up to, like, stop whatever the zombie thing is. And Cap didn't have a beard. And we also didn't see T'Challa get killed. We saw everyone else get bit. Um, How do you guys think they got Ironman, though? Like, how did they bite through the, the iron, you know?
1: That's a good question.
0: Whenever he's uh, contractually obligated to show his face because it's Robert you're playing that character, that's when he was attacked. Obviously,
1: uh-huh. I suppose. will buy that, that. If he if he got overwhelmed by zombies, even with like the power of this of the Iron Man suit and everything and whatnot, I imagine he could be like swarmed by zombies and like overtaken.
2: Mm-hmm. You don't think he's got like a button that would just like pop them all off like really quickly i don't know i don't know i also i guess we'll go back to it because we know that t'challa wasn't necessarily taken over here later down the road so i have a feeling that another person interfered and probably might have fed tony stark to these zombies but oh yeah yeah well
0: i can see
2: that yeah yeah famous last words we'll we'll get to it (laughs) eventually this is the spider-man survival guide that reminded you of um zombie land with the homemade footage it was yeah. very uh here's the rules of how the zombie apocalypse works um didn't he make little home movies in the second spider-man movie in far from home
0: oh uh in homecoming he makes oh uh, Homecoming movie yeah yeah he, you know, he recounts uh the events of civil war pretty much
2: yeah I was really happy to see, no pun intended, uh, Happy Hogan uh, back.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, John Favreau in the role. And uh, it's cool that he still does stuff like this. Granted how important he's been for both Marvel and Star Wars at this point. Uh, yeah. So makes time. So much time. Uh, it took me a second to play Kurt, like figure out who the fuck that was. Uh, the guy from Ant-Man and the Wasp played by Dave yeah. Gas
2: how do you uh, pronounce the last name? Say it again.
0: Oh, yeah. Dalmatian. No, it's Dal <laughs> I think yeah. uh,
2: that's I have it written out phonetically in my notes as Dal as well. He so was he was the polka dot guy, and um, and uh, well, yeah,
1: was, yeah, he's been in a lot he's in of
2: these Dune.
0: movies. He's in uh, the Dark Knight as the um, mentally unstable
1: person that Harvey Dent threatens. Uh, <laughs> he's in Dune. He plays um this like uh really crazy Mentat character uh, that is um, the uh, like the, uh, the Mentat for the Harkonnen family or whatever, like mm-hmm. uh, Peter from F- 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 freeze or something like that. Um, I can't remember the name, the, the, the absolute name of the character,
2: but um, there's a lot of big names in Dune. He's a good there's actor. A <laughs> I, like names. Names. Yeah. I like him too. Seems yeah. like a cool guy too. Um, Travis, did I send you the, uh, did I send you the NA speech that that he? No, he spoke I was actually
0: at? leading up to that though because I oh. saw that link too weirdly. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize he was a recovering addict. Uh, I guess he was a, a, a high functioning heroin addict at one point. So it's nice that he's got that under control and is uh, being productive here.
2: And seems to be really involved in. I mean, like recovery. And, and meetings especially, and those big conventions love the success stories and, and like the positive light at the end of the tunnel. I think that stuff goes a long way for people in, you know, bad shape or, or not ready to take like the first step or even people like who have taken all the steps, all twelve, you might mm-hmm. so say, um, and are are currently, you know, still like in active recovery and and that's a big part of their lives. So to see these guys and these success stories, especially guys like um Dan dave David Del <laughs> whose name i can't pronounce um you know they're like in the midst of this glow up so you saw that clip where he was like and now i'm doing it and and this was my day for so long and it was just normal Mm -hmm. um it was like really sweet to see and made me root for this guy a little bit harder you know
0: same here same here oh
2: going back to disney's big money maker <laughs> john favreau um not only has he helped um star wars um marvel he's also made two live action disney movies and elf so like he's a huge guy for them um the other lineup of survivors is kurt which i was happy to see i don't know how he got from san francisco to new york they didn't really explain that mm. uh bucky barnes sharon carter and okoye sharon carter not the power broker here by the
0: yeah, way yeah yeah i'm i don't want to talk about sharon carter too much because it just devolved it into how are they going to fix the power broker situation and i don't know that we really should talk about that too long because
2: she's a squirrel yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i'm
1: hoping it was fun uh, to have her on the on the episode. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I like, I like the uh, I like the whole group that they put together for like the quasi Avengers or whatever. You know, like I thought I it was mean, cool. Yeah, yeah. If
0: you're in a zombie apocalypse, I think Bakia is one of the characters you would want most. He's murdered a lot of people, and it's probably a lot easier once they're undead.
2: So... Yeah, Akoye, too. Yeah, in and general... she's
0: uh, played by Denia Guria. Uh, I'm probably mispronouncing her name, but. A Walking Dead theme. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty really solid actress. So, yeah, yeah, I'm very fitting that they
2: got her in here too. We haven't talked much about The Walking Dead, but I do have to talk about like some sad stories about a young me not knowing that that show or that comic at the time was going mm-hmm. to be anything. Just a young twenty-year-old me walking into my comic book store on a Wednesday. I buy any image number one and have bought any image number one for like two decades, you know? So Mm -hmm. I pick up this little black and white comic book. I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. It's the guy who wrote that shitty Ant-Man comic that I didn't really like, but I'll I'll check it out. Um, I read that series for about 140 issues. It's the second longest ongoing that i've ever read other than hellblazer monthly that's the one i read up to 350 issues of um and and you know got them every single month that they came out and owned every single issue but going back to me being about 23 and not having enough money to pay my rent and going to a local kind of unsavory character who you know you could just pawn some shit off i'm not gonna you know, <laughs> talk about criminal activities on the show, but I I sold a long box of comics to him for forty bucks, so I could like oh, party uh, and pay my rent. Yeah, yeah. What was in that long box of comics? The first fifteen issues of The Walking Dead.
0: Well, oh, I mean, those are never going to be worth anything. Modern, modern books. No. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Who would have known my Ultimate Fallout would be worth $300 all of a sudden? You know what I mean? It's
0: not more. Yeah. Yeah, that book just keeps... Uh, yeah.
2: All my Darkhawk number ones. Yeah, I
0: mean, even that, that <laughs> Ultimate Fallout, uh, you could have bought that a year ago for 40 bucks. Even still, and now it's just way outside the realm of getting... <laughs> uh, first appearance of Miles Morales for anyone that doesn't know. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Um, but with The Walking Dead, at one point, Travis and Jeff, that, that book was going for like two to six grand in good shape.
0: Wow. So, yeah, I can believe it.
2: Uh. Yeah. But going to, to bring it back to Michonne and, and Okoye, um, I had sold the first 15 issues, right? Um, around issue 15, 16 is when they arrive at the prison and the whole governor arc starts. And that was the first appearance of Michonne. And I was also a subscriber to Playboy magazine at the time and got Playboy delivered to my house every month. And they actually published the Michonne origin story in Playboy. It was later reprinted after issue 100 came out as part of this, like walking dead, uh, kind of almost like an annual kind of mm-hmm. where they had like a couple short stories and they reprinted Michonne's origin that was originally printed in a playboy. And I did luck out. I sold the entire governor arc, the prison arc and included that playboy for, I think like five or 600 bucks at the time when the show was going on, um, help pay for my wedding. So that was pretty tight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, be no, um cool hideout bringing it back to the episode
0: yeah the uh the sky fortress of buses pretty much uh being held up there with spider-man's webbing which does it not dissolve I mean, he doesn't have special webbing that doesn't dissolve after an hour or so uh and, and i guess traditionally... falcon can
2: reach it mm-hmm. <laughs> i guess falcon can reach it
0: Yeah, i suppose i suppose uh there is a question of how they got all those bosses up there. Uh, I don't, he webbed really, it them. doesn't really
2: matter. There, it's cool. <laughs> Bucky Barnes picked it up with his metal arm and threw it up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see the title cards? Like, I, I, again, I'm not like the biggest fan of title cards, they remind me of the David Ayer Suicide Squad. But some of them were pretty funny because it said like what they were good at, and when it got to Sharon Carter, it said like blonde james bond and then like one of them said eulogies and i just kept thinking like sharon gives like eulogies for steve and peggy and like all these characters throughout the series that always are like the motivational speech to like get a character to do something and i thought that was pretty fucking funny yeah Um, i just got
0: the the double meaning uh in that she probably murders people often enough to yeah and super spies so you're probably murdering people that Who's funeral funerals you
1: will attend? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Sharon Carter. I was happy to see her in the episode. I I really do like her. I mean, uh, I thought that in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, episode three was like the best episode of the whole series. I thought with her in that the, that fight scene with her uh, when they go to see uh, Negan Niggy or whatever the the Hydra scientists, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and she fights all those dudes one after another after another. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I don't yeah, have I an think issue with. We'd the- agree with you.
1: The character or the actress,
0: i just not uh, too thrilled with where they have her right now. Uh, as oh, no, Power the whole Broker.
1: Power Broker thing is like totally black, yeah, yeah. I know, believe me. I agree with you mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, I think it's pretty much universally disliked at this, <laughs> at this point.
0: Uh,
1: I was very shocked when that happened. I mean, it's one of the many like aspects of the finale that I wish they would have done something differently or whatever. Or mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't really like the decision they made with certain aspects of the finale. Um. You know, but I mean, that's, that's, that's for another show.
2: Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about, you know, cause we've done, we do the episode by episode recaps yeah. And yeah. we're always raving about the penultimate episode where we're like, Holy shit, it's building up to this. And then the finale, it like, it, it does cap things off kind of, and the Loki finale is the exception. We kind of universally all like really dug the Loki finale mm-hmm. Um
0: one of the more understated ones,
1: uh, really, there's not a ton of action in that episode. It's just character I stuff. I think and- it was a, I think it was maybe a little bit of a letdown for some people that watched Loki just because the episodes were so good one after another, after mm-hmm. another, after another, going into the finale. Like, they had so much momentum going that when they kind of threw the brakes on and inserted fucking, um, <laughs> you know... I love uh, that. ...Kang in there, you know what I mean? All of a sudden, you know, like, um, that just, it, it changed the game up. You know, like, um, yeah. and the pace mm-hmm. of the episode was very slow. There's a lot of dialogue, you know what I mean? But um, I loved it. I thought it was great.
2: Yeah, me too. That was the one, and Travis, too. Like, we both were, yeah. like, raving about the Loki finale. We were kind
0: of traditionally fans of the talky stuff, and the, just the hanging out stuff, and, this, like, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the, the boat fixing montage uh, thing, yeah. <laughs> we both loved. <laughs> Over uh, yeah. I, I don't know how you felt about it, but yeah, it, yeah, it was good.
1: Uh, it, it was, it was, it was really like, um, it was really like, uh, like, uh, heartwarming and everything. You know what I mean? Yes, like,
2: yeah. You know, like the <laughs> the boat stuff. I forgot how much we talked about the boat stuff. But even, I mean, in Shang Chi, the like them sitting in the car talking about, uh, what's it called? Uh, Planet of the Apes. Like that was like my favorite part of that movie. <laughs> you oh, know, like yeah, I yeah. like. Yeah, I'm I like on the opposite of good. the spectrum.
1: I, I think I don't even think they even needed to include Ben Kingsley in the movie. They would have been fine. The movie would have been fine without him.
2: Yeah, they didn't need to, but it's a nice addition, I thought. Uh, yeah, I thought so too. What <laughs> I was a bit confused with the in the Spidey Sanctuary up in the sky, um, them receiving this message being projected on the Iron Man hand. It was kind of like a very convenient thing to, and that's what it was being projected on, right? It was like an Iron Man hand, yeah. like on the ground and being mm-hmm. like projected up, uh, apparently from Camp uh, Lehigh, New Jersey, and it was other survivors with like, um, like a possible cure. Uh, for this thing i'm also sick of jersey getting ragged on even though i'm a new yorker i like new jersey um i have a lot of good memories of new jersey i think it's unfairly marginalized in media and and thought of as this shithole but new jersey's cool bruce springsteen's from new jersey like it's davis
0: captain america
1: in a way he was trained there at this very camp so mm-hmm. i've got a lot of good memories in jersey too man so like i feel you oh
2: yeah <laughs> sopranos are from jersey um and we're all many saints of new here so um you know how happy is driving them to grand central because the plan is to like get on a train to go to new jersey speaking yeah. of some real fucking inside baseball shit um there's no jersey transit from grand central station that goes out of penn station grand central station is to westchester it's a subway station and the connecticut line there is no jersey transit to Grand Central Station. So, Marvel, you fucked up.
0: You um, <laughs> just fucking uh, Hell's Kitchen all over again.
2: You know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, but I will say Grand Central is the prettiest train station in the great city of New York. Um, it looks really cool. Penn station was like demolished and like rebuilt so many times. It kind of just looks like a mall or something like that. Uh, they're trying to do something with it now. And it's actually being rebuilt, but grand central has like that class. It's got those, you know, I mean, Travis, like, you know, the scene in the Avengers where, uh, yeah, yeah. It Hulk punches so Thor. the
0: The Baxter building is going to be built above it for a Stark tower Buzz, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs>
0: But it's it's uh, in canon it's where Stark Tower was pretty much. It's that uh, station there, right?
2: I think uh not so.
0: then uh, to New York and things, so I can't say.
2: Uh it's the one with the uh where where Hulk punches Thor in the Avengers movie. You know, like oh. the big windows that they're in front of. That that's Grand Central. Um this is kind of back to like how every zombie movie or horror movie has to call out zombie movie tropes where they're, they're like, okay, so the plan is to like get a train started. We got to split up and find the train that works. And Parker basically saying like, have any of you seen an actual horror movie? This is like the worst idea to, to split up again. um, What are the other pop culture references that Peter's done? The empire strikes back, right. And civil war.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, he's a star Wars fan in MCU and not in the comics. Uh, just. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he doesn't like Star Wars in the comics. That's that's no, uh, official. no he does
0: not. Uh but Disney <laughs> owns Star Wars, so he likes it now, so it's uh,
2: Well Disney also owns Aliens now and he makes an aliens joke in uh Infinity War too, right? Yeah,
0: they have the rights to Conan the Barbarian too, and I, I just wonder if they're able to do mashups of Conan and Alien and Predator in the comics. I know Conan is on the Savage Avengers, uh He is yeah yeah uh, I don't
1: actually want to see that but <laughs> I, I'm kind of fine with Conan staying off to himself uh, dude um, anyway. uh Gorath um was like used to be in Conan comics all the time back in the day like he was like Shumagorath was one of like Conan's like villains
2: kind of sorta um so Marvel owns the rights to well, they own the comic book publishing rights to Conan in the 70s as well. So, a lot of those characters from Burroughs, because um, Burroughs and H.P. Lovecraft were like, you know, really good friends. They were actually like pen pals, uh, which is kind of odd. And a lot of those notes and and um, and letters that that um, Burrow and uh, and Lovecraft sent to each other have since been published so it's kind of interesting that these two like pulp figures who like never made it while they were alive and then got like really famous for their work like afterwards um you know like existed and were also friends both of them were I think were published in weird tales I think was the name of the magazine at the time um but the Cthulhu mythos of HP Lovecraft and the you know um Who's the guy? Fuck. There's another guy with Conan set in that same universe too. He, fuck man. I think Hugh Jackman played him in a movie, like straight up. Um, they, uh, th- their characters are always kind of like intertwined with each other. So at the time, think Marvel Robert was Robert ta- E. Howard. Robert E. Howard. Why am I saying Burrows? Why am I saying Burrows? I'm thinking of Naked Lunch. Right? What am I doing? <laughs> 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 Holy shit. Thank you Travis. Sorry listeners. Um that would be really weird if William Burroughs and HP uh, Lovecraft were pen pals. I don't think they would be friends. Um but um the queer junkie writing letters to the the weird fucking incel fucking horror writer. Um <laughs> But um a lot of those Lovecraftian um characters crossed over into the the Robert E. Howard stories of conan um so shimmer gorath and and guys like that who are very obviously taken from hp lovecraft and, and inspired by the cthulhu mythos and and all of that cosmic horror of lovecraft um had popped up in in conan comics before um the teams that they split up in in grand central are kind of cool like i always like again like justice league or, or team up books I, i'm always really into like who are the teams now you know that that are you know in this issue like what's the team gonna be and i, I miss the days of having the marvel little heads in the corner so i knew who the teams were before yeah, picking yeah, up yeah. the book mm-hmm. it's like a lost art dude um but happy and sharon split off bucky and akoye split off and then like hope banner and spidey split off um I guess the, the happy and Sharon stuff we should talk about first where zombie Hawkeye comes out and happy's using the, the pulsar wristband and mm-hmm. he's saying, blam, 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 blam. blam.
0: I will say that I think Hawkeye is the coolest looking zombie out of everyone. Uh, yeah, I'm just got to give him respect where you Hawkeye whenever we can. <laughs> so underappreciated. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. This is where I talk about the West coast Avengers for two hours.
0: <laughs> Oh, goodness. Uh, I
2: also like the blam, 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 blam stuff. Do you guys know about um, the issues that Ewan McGregor and Natalie Portman had while filming the Star Wars prequels? Are you guys familiar with this?
0: Is no. it so, where one of them kept mouthing the gunshots or the, the laser blast or whatever? There's both actually, of them did. Yes, I. there's more than one movie that's had this issue. I'm trying to think of the other one that I remember, but... Yeah, yeah, it it's very common
2: for them to make pew-pew noises. Yeah, there's a lot of um deleted scenes from uh the Star Wars, pre- especially Attack of the Clones, where it'll be Ewan McGregor doing like a lightsaber fight and him going like, <laughs> and then being like, you can't do that. And then Natalie Portman going like, pew-pew-pew-pew-pew, like the entire time. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of better than the actual movie, which, you know,
0: uh, yeah, low no,
2: um... <laughs> Is it where we talk about Watto for two hours? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh... No mind tricks, only money. <laughs> um, <laughs> um. Zombie Hawkeye gets happy, and happy uh, becomes a zombie, and still does the blam 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 bit. Mm-hmm the Bucky Okoye fighting zombie Falcon was my favorite action bit in the episode.
0: Were you? Well, yeah, I enjoyed that bit. It was a little bit surprising to see Falcon get done in that quickly considering, uh, it's prominence and MCU moving forward, but it makes sense here because he's not Captain America and he's just a regular old Falcon at this point.
2: Uh, yeah. And, um, Okoye does the michonne bit here where she slices a motherfucker in half with the sword um mm-hmm. which is like straight from like what her character is kind of like known for doing in in the walking dead and the um i know that was your friend i'm i'm sorry and bucky kind of being like i should be sad but you know kind of bit was was funny so
1: um, I'm really glad that that uh, that that they brought her over from The Walking Dead was awesome into the MCU. Really, like, seriously, what a score. Like, I mean, she was like sick, like on The Walking Dead, like for a while mm-hmm. there. Um, and, uh, you know, um, I felt like um, she's she every time I see her, at, you know, uh, as a, uh, a Koye or whatever, I, it's it, it, she's always really good. Um, and uh, I really liked, like you said, uh, John, the pairing of like the groups and everything and whatnot, how they mm-hmm. the teams together and everything. I always liked that stuff too. Um yeah. And you know, like uh one of the things about this episode that was different for me was that when, when people were dying during the episode, it actually kind of pulled on my heartstrings a little bit.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, People were getting taken out who I didn't want to see taken out. Like I didn't want to see Happy Hogan go. It was, you kind know of, what I mean. Was,
1: it was like how I, how it is when I watch live action. Like you know how it is when you sure. watch the live action Disney Plus series. That's how I kind of felt with this episode. Like I felt more connected to it.
2: I um also kind of like the idea of Bucky working with a Koye because this took place around the same time as Infinity War, so. She probably came to the States to look for Black Panther, I'm imagining, and she brought Bucky with her because he was in Wakanda at that time, mm-hmm. right? That's yes. how the timeline would match up.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's
1: spot on.
2: And I mean, the more Dora Milage and the more Wakanda we get, like the better kind we're of We're going to get the show, opinion. right?
1: Are we going to get the Disney Plus show where they're going to do yes, the door right. mm-hmm. yeah, and we're going to movie. Wakanda's going to be a big deal. Uh, moving
0: forward. uh, Oh, you know what? I I never
1: got a chance to to ask you, Travis, or you, John, what do you guys think about the fact that they're going to actually be inserting, um, Riri Williams into the Black Panther, um, Wakanda forever film.
0: Uh, I don't have strong feelings about it.
1: I I haven't read
0: a ton of, I've read like one or two issues of Ironheart. Uh, I think the character looks all right. It looks cool. I kind of hope that they give her, uh, armor that's Wakanda inspired visually but I don't really want mm. it to be vibranium because then you have to create a villain to deal with that. Uh, you want the villain to be a threat and that's a lot harder whenever they have a flying laser beam shooting uh, suit that can't be damaged really uh, except with the sound.
2: And uh, Riri is part of like a time at marvel when they were doing a pretty good job with taking legacy names and bringing in new characters and mixing things up like x-22 really worked um Kamala Khan really worked and riri was the one that like did not work for me and a lot of pretty much anyone i know who reads comics is like yeah i was like i'm not crazy about riri williams and ironheart but I think it would be interesting and and a better take than what they actually did in the comics where she was this MIT student who just built their own Iron Man armor. Mm -hmm. If she is potentially a student of the Wakanda cultural center that they established at the end of the first black Panther and in Oakland or wherever, do you know where I'm getting that kind of Travis?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of uh, Kamala Khan's friend, Bruno who goes to a Wakandan school. Uh, So yeah, there's, President for uh, that sort of thing. And it would be nice to see the aftermath of them establishing a cultural center and actually seeing their culture influence others uh, more than just them coming in to uh,
1: assert their will. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, she she does. She builds her own suits and stuff like that and whatnot. So, like, it'll be interesting to see how they play that off because I think there's going to be, like, a a desire to go ahead and, and have like them make one out of, um you know, vibranium, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like have Shuri make it or something like that, you know,
2: or have her be under the tutelage of Shuri. Like, I think that is cool. Like if Shuri is somehow like, I don't know, like the headmaster or like the head of the science department of this Wakandan cultural center and like Riri is the prize student. So she uses the resources at this cultural center to like build a suit of her own. I think that's a lot cooler than like some random smart MIT student who like we didn't care about who just kind of popped up in an Iron Man book, got her own series, no one liked it, and then she just kind of like disappeared. You know what I mean? Um, She's in it, Champions. Uh, oh yeah, she was in the Champions. Champions but who was? Though,
0: honestly.
2: That's yeah, what I was I, gonna say, Travis. Who yeah, was like, in the I Champions? Some
0: of the characters, but yeah, it's not a, a good read. It's very uh, patronizing. But then again, I'm not the target audience. I'm not a young
1: person at this point.
0: Uh, <laughs> So maybe well, they like to uh, have you, all that.
1: You, uh, you know that. Uh, you know that. Um, they're bringing her, you know, in for the Young Avengers. I mean, that's that's why they're doing it. I mean, I, I'm assuming.
2: I mean, she's never been a member of the Young Avengers. Yeah, so. I think
1: the MCU version of
0: the Young Avengers is going to be an, a mashup of, uh, the comic Young Avengers and the Champions, probably because I do expect Kamala Khan to yeah. be kind of front and center, uh. Assuming that show doesn't bomb. <laughs> uh, Assuming
2: that show doesn't bomb, but like Kamala shouldn't. Khan is. I, a, I should,
0: have high hopes for
2: it. Uh, it it has everything working for it in the source material, where it yeah. should not be a bomb. That, I've
0: seen a good fan film adaptation of it, that first art. So if they can do that on a shoestring budget, surely the movies can get it. What
1: uh, are you going to say, Jeff? I was just going to say I, I, I've pointed out that I felt like I'm actually very optimistic about the the the, the Kamala Khan series. I think it could be good. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. If they can translate her
0: youthful exuberance and her uh, like fangirlism to uh, mainstream audiences, I think it could be very good. I mean, uh, I really like the character. Uh, mm-hmm. I i'm excited to see her introduced uh, and she's from jersey
2: she is from jersey she's from jersey city she is from jersey city mm-hmm. which um you cannot get to from grand central you have to take the path train um which just goes right up the island uh but Doubling the up, path I train...
0: travel uh podcast as well today uh
2: Well, I'm a huge fan of the PATH train. It's a very convenient mode of transportation. And if you don't have the money to live in Manhattan, you could live in Hoboken or... (laughs) or... And get to you know your job uh, like on six dollars a day um jeff have you are you familiar with camelicon like just before we skip i kind of like just like talking about camelicon and like to,
1: to some extent to some extent i mean um I, i'm very aware of you know her backstory and like uh, what the character's about and everything and the, and you know um i've read some of the comics and stuff so okay yeah,
2: that's a big thing like have you read that g willow wilson that those yeah, first I six have. issues yeah, yeah they're fucking so good like they're so good and um i just i, I remember just,
1: i'm afraid that they might disney th- that show like you know what i mean like that's what i'm worried about is that that is that they over disnify the shit out of it
2: yeah i mean what is disney other than like the thing that we have a podcast that we both scream about every well, week like you know so. one disney element that i
1: definitely
0: want is fucking like uh, the, yeah a big Bulldog um, uh, teleporter uh, creature. I need it. It's very on brand for Disney. There's no reason to give it to us, to not give it to us, rather, other than it's inhuman stuff.
2: Yeah. And Mm. the inhumans element is the element that I'm worried they're not going to end up carrying over into the show. Yeah. Yeah. But if the character's there and her personality's there and the family dynamic especially is something that I thought was really interesting, um, then it should work. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do want Lockjaw. I want some sort of adorable teleporting dog that has a universe living in its tummy. You know what I mean? I think that's cool. How did
1: Cloak so. and Dagger end up going end up doing? like? Uh, did, I'm sure you guys must have paid attention to that. How did Cloak and Dagger work out on on television?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh I didn't watch it because at that point I well, I actually watched the first episode or two, but at that point I realized that none of the T V shows were in canon. They were like just uh, fan fiction uh which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I don't wanna knock the shows too much. They were trying for the most part, but Yeah. Uh yeah, I, I have friends that liked it and they put it on par with like the Runaways Hulu series, which Which was good, but not really of an audience
1: for it. Uh, I watched a couple episodes of the first season.
2: of The Runaways or Cloak or Dagger?
1: The Runaways. uh... Yeah, I always liked Cloak and Dagger from the comics. I always loved them from the comics.
2: Me too. They're like two of my favorite characters, and The Runaways is one of my favorite series of all time uh, from Marvel, So, and and I just had no interest in them. They felt like uh, more like Freeform was the channel, but it used to be ABC Family. It just kind of felt like content for them, just like, mm-hmm. you know, another show for the for the network. So I didn't pay much mind to them, basically. um, What was the deal with Spider-Man trying to start this train? I didn't understand any of the stuff that was really going on.
0: Oh, he was just sort of building up tension while the break was on so that whenever they let the break off, it would fire forward pretty much.
2: It would like slingshot it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so Spidey was with hope and, and banner. Everyone basically gets knocked out here except for a Bucky banner, Spider-Man and hope happy and Sharon are done. But the cloak, we haven't even brought up the cloak of levitation yet. Kind of <laughs> rules in this episode as per usual. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter rocks it when they finally get on the train. Um, maybe it's a hint uh, to stuff to come in, um, you know, no way home with the Spider-Man, Dr. Strange stuff and him getting some mystical abilities uh, potentially, you know, sooner than later. Um, and this is the zombie Captain America versus Bucky fight that was uh, shown in the promotional material, uh, yeah, which looked pretty cool.
0: I I know a lot of people wanted... Bucky to become Captain America and to wield the shield. So there's a little bit of wishful fulfillment here, where he you get a little bit more Bucky shield time, which is fine. Fine.
2: Uh, Travis, do you remember when Bucky caught the shield in um in in Winter <laughs> I Soldier?
0: I do. I do. Yeah. Wasn't
2: that cool? Uh huh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Got to see it here once again. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the. It didn't bother though. me too much, but yeah, I uh zombie cat uh cool uh dismembered or
1: uh split in half here uh
2: cut down the torso basically mm -hmm. by the shield would have been a little cooler with some gore but
1: yeah it looked really really cool to see bucky like slinging the shield putting the shield on Mm -hmm. his back and everything and whatnot i thought that was really dope yeah yeah
2: there was a uh musical cue too where they played the uh down, da, da, down, 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 like that cap theme, but they did it in like a minor chord after he got cut in half. So it was like, again, Marvel keeps doing these clever things where they like, you know, will kind of do a theme and variation of their yeah. heroes theme. They did it last week with the uh Michael Giacchino uh, Star, uh, not Star Trek uh Doctor <laughs> Strange theme. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, yeah, I think I was right, but uh-huh. but they did it again here with the musical cue to um the Captain America um. Big moment that Travis pointed out to me. So I won't steal your thunder and I'll let you get to it. But hope is bit. And she asked Peter how he stays so upbeat. And well, he talks about everyone that he lost. And um Aunt May saying, like, if we don't keep smiling um, when they can't, we might as well be gone, too. But he mentions Mr. Stark. He mentions all these people. But Travis
0: it's the first mention uh, of Uncle Ben in MCU. Mm-hmm. We saw a suitcase uh, with his initials or whatever in Far From Home, but this was not an easter egg. It was just straight up. He exists. Uh, he died, so it's on... We have to assume that uh, it's the same in the main universe. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just it's kind of a weird spot to put the first Blatant mention of him. Uh, I do wonder if that means we're probably going to see him uh, referenced in live action very soon.
2: Uh, Played by Joe Pesci. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lord willing. Lord willing. Uh, God, I
2: hope so. Mm-hmm. God, I hope so. I actually
0: had one thing to mention about uh, the previous scene, though. Uh, sure the MCU is often criticized for uh, humorous, stepping on serious moments and uh, the dispatch of Sharon Charger just being exploded. And then they just played off with a joke about I've got Sharon on me or whatever. And eh. there were a few of those <laughs> moments in this episode where it's just super guilty of humorous, stepping on what could be a serious moment. Um,
2: I'm kind of with you with that, but we're working in a genre of exploitation Mm -hmm. here, too. So everything is kind of a little bit more heightened, like, hence, you know, exploitive.
0: I (laughs) I also kind of wonder if it was to take what little bite this this particular episode has, since they're killing a lot of people.
2: Was uh, bite a pun because it's zombies? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it was not intended, but yes, yes, it, it is. Uh,
2: good job, good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Any thoughts on uh, Uncle Ben or anything that we were talking about here yet?
1: No, not really. I mean, like, uh, you guys are just basically, uh, you know, bringing up, like, the, the you know, the, the key points of the episode and whatnot and everything. And, like, I'm listening to it. I'm enjoying it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, like, I I noticed the Big Ben thing when it happened. Uh, and uh, I thought it was interesting and everything and whatnot.
2: Big Ben Parker. Uh,
1: I mean, listen, Spider-Man was um, a, a really big positive of, about this episode. He really was. He really like mm-hmm. uh, his, uh, his um, you know, uh, energy and his uh, positivity and everything and whatnot really uh, is infectious. And it was really nice seeing mm-hmm. him again, just like with the Wasp. It was nice seeing him interacting with like the other Avengers and everything on a daily basis. Cause we never really got to see that with Spider-Man in the MCU up until this point. Like he was like Yeah, we're in Adventure. infinity
2: wars yeah. is kind of the, the one. Yeah. Yeah. How do you guys feel in general about Spider-Man being part of the Avengers?
1: Oh, I want him to be like, um, like a, like a co-captain on the next Avengers team. Like I, I don't want, really? I like, I can't I think Captain America should lead the Avengers, but at the same time, I think that they, if they have like co-captains, um, I think it should be, like, Carol Danvers and Spider-Man. I kind of like Spider-Man when he's off doing his own thing. Uh, Like,
0: I don't mind him with the Avengers, but, um, like, in, in Homecoming, for example, when they showed Iron Man a lot in the trailer, I worried that it was going to be a full-on team-up movie Uh, and that, like, Iron Man was going to help him beat the villain. I want to see Spider-Man fight. Spider-Man villains by himself yeah. and this next movie that's coming up with, with the rumors about uh, potential returning characters that... Um... In the
2: trailer with, with the returning characters?
0: Well, I mean, they don't show all of them potentially, but yeah. True, yeah. True, I uh, true. I just want to see... I hoped that whenever we saw a Sinister switch he would get the shit kicked out of him Uh, his first outing by himself and he'd have to find a way to defeat them by himself. Yeah. I found a workaround that I'm not completely
2: unhappy with, but, uh, yeah. I always felt like Spider-Man was weird in Avengers comics when he would pop up and it was always either, um, like an accident, like somehow, like something was happening in Spider-Man's neighborhood and, and he just like kind of ended up on the Avengers or, um. Like, you you remember in the Hickman run when they go to Peter and they're like, we have money. And, like, that's the reason why he joined. He's just like, I'm fucking broke, so I'm joining the Avengers like out of necessity. I mean, it makes me think
0: of when he first tried to join the Fantastic Four, not realizing that they don't get paid. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He, I again, kind of, Travis, what you were saying, like, I like seeing Spider-Man fight Spider-Man villains. And I love, like, the friendly neighborhood Mm Spider-Man. Like, I like how and i kind of think about this with like characters like batman too where i kind of just like them being this like guardian of the and daredevil is another one yeah um you know guardians of this specific area mm-hmm. this is what i do this is my job and and like the avengers is a totally different job that's like saving the world where where peter parker is just kind of like out there to do good, but also like live his life like a normal person and not like live his life like a superhero person would live their life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it's an interesting thing to have him, you know.
0: I I think that they're trying to make the most of their partnership with Sony uh, in that 10 years ago, Spider-Man couldn't interact with any of the Avengers. So might as well get as much of that in as possible and like yes. Spider-Man fighting right. Thanos you couldn't do that back then so I get it I I I don't know I just want like one Spider-Man film a year pretty much so that mm-hmm. we can have both and I, I think someone would be on board for that probably but quality would probably suffer at a certain point uh, just <laughs>
2: Not until we get the the Mobius the Morbius uh, <laughs> Venom team up movie that Sony's probably planning in That's their right. Cinematic the, the Universe Morbius of Spider Man characters
1: comes out in twenty twenty two. That's right. Mm-hmm. Sure. The trailer was good.
2: <laughs> What's
1: that? The Trailer was good for Morbius. Uh,
0: yeah, I didn't hate right? the trailer. I, it. I I just I hate that Sony is
1: kind of taking Spider Man characters and. Trying to spin them off on their own before. I'm telling you, I think that that Morbius is going to end up in the MCU. I do. I know was wants it to. I I think maybe the <laughs> multiverse.
0: Uh, getting it in there that way. My dream scenario would be pretty much, uh, if they do bring back Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield, that it this next movie is used as a springboard for them to get new entries in their respective series. Oh, and be then fun. MCU Spider Man kind of gets to hang out in just the MCU by himself for the most part, occasionally dipping over, uh, or slumming as as I've said previously in the Sonyverse. But that way, everyone's happy to an extent.
1: Uh, everyone's yeah.
2: pockets are lined because you can have toy sets with Spider Man and Iron Man, and you can have toy well, sets with Spider Man and Venom.
1: <laughs> I just, I mean, like, uh, you know, um, there's already uh, there's already been uh, heavy rumors that um that this Morbius movie is in the MCU. Um and uh um what's his name? Uh uh, uh Tyrese actually said it twice on like two different <laughs> like podcasts or whatever, like it's in the MCU or whatever.
0: Okay. I okay. don't always trust actors when they talk about which movies they're in because some of them don't really pay that much attention. Like uh, Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't know which Marvel movies she's in. Uh, worked with Robert Downey Jr. and
2: them, pretty much. I'm taking out my uh my Fast and the Furious chain <laughs> to start talking about Tyrese for a second, oh, and how shit. Ty <laughs> and how Tyrese talks in interviews like a crazy person, and has talked in interviews like a crazy person for so long. He says the craziest shit in interviews when he's asked about gossip and rumors and he's always spitting shit talk about like with the, the Vin Diesel versus rock stuff. He, he was, he was the only one. He's just like, look at me, look at me, you know, and dude, Tyrese do your thing. Like you were awesome. Like you, your smile is infectious. <laughs> I love you in the Fast and the furious movies. You somehow became the comedic relief of the franchise. It's very funny. He's also the new like meta guy. Who's like, isn't it weird that we keep going on these super spy movies, these mm-hmm. super spy adventures and we're like mechanics and like we get shot at and like I'm not dead, isn't it weird? Maybe we're invincible. Like he's the one who's like saying that. He's like, isn't it weird that I'm in space now? Um and so big ups to Tyrese. I'm happy that he's mm-hmm. successful. Um I grew up watching Baby Boy a lot on BET as a kid and I I really like that movie too. Um but he does like to stir the pot. Um,
0: I think Michael Keaton may have said something to that same effect as him, though Michael Keaton hasn't seen a superhero movie since Batman 89, he said, which is quite some feat because I assume he had to have seen Batman Returns like a a screening or whatever.
2: Uh, (laughs) He fell asleep during the premiere.
0: It's a shame, if so. That's the best Batman movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's it my personal favorite. Uh,
2: but Yeah. It has the most um SM imagery, which I'm into.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's very good for that. And just such yeah. a weird movie, totally inappropriate for younger children, but uh is it <laughs>
2: Is it, though? Because, I mean, it also spawned a generation of young men who fetishized uh, a cat lady in a leather suit whipping them. So, like, is it, though? You know? Uh,
0: That starts somewhere, I suppose.
2: Um, And now we got Michelle Pfeiffer in our precious Marvel Cinematic Universe, and all is right in the world. Um, The uh, train running out of gas. (laughs) Let's get back on track. (laughs) The train running out of gas and hope. You know, her last um, hurrah, basically, she's like, I know I'm done for, but I can get big and I can walk you to um, Camp Lehigh and drop you off there. Um, which she does, you know, she she turns into a giant wasp woman mm-hmm. and she walks them over and, and places them down across the fence before she dies. Kind of weird. Um, so the comics never really cared about pim technology and the pim particle shit working within the confines of your suit you know sometimes like the wasp did not have her helmet on but Here, the and yeah. M- the mcu's like grounded logic so far has been like you need to be in this containment suit for the pim particles to like work but her like suit is is ripped uh zombies bash her through her helmet you know and and it's exposed so uh, <laughs> I, I shouldn't be poking holes at logic for children's <laughs> material but it was kind of curious you know? i
0: think it's mainly the helmet something about what it does to the brain uh because we've seen them shrink other things that aren't granted they're not organic matter that uh, i think it's mainly the helmet uh and because hank Pims talked about how he can't really shrink anymore because of the wearing character it takes uh
2: like the physical toll and the mental toll on his body and brain
0: mm-hmm yeah, yeah, uh, something along those lines is the way I took it.
2: But we see her helmet get smashed by the zombies.
0: Oh, oh, well, she's dying anyway, so it doesn't matter.
2: But she be- stays a big lady. Not long, not long. Well, she stays a big lady as a zombie yeah. later on in the episode. Oh, oh, oh,
0: yeah, yeah, but we're operating on undead uh, logic then.
2: Yeah, that not is to true. Not worry about the brain. I also have a new thing to fetishize about with is uh, Ava Angelilli stepping on me, so I can think about that before I go to bed tonight and every night for the next um, thirty or so uh, eternity. 30 years. Yeah. 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 So, um, when they enter Camp Lehigh, the zombies can't get in. They are kind of curious, like why the fuck are these zombies not entering? The fence is broken. They're not climbing the fence. What is going on? Um, they enter the basement. And in all of his glory, we get the vision and the wonderful Paul Bentney doing what I think is the best voice work of the series so far. Um, you know, basically, Vision was the one still alive down there and tells them that, like, the Mindstone emits some kind of sub frequency that's not to their liking. And then banner says like, maybe this infection is some kind of. enso panoply, which I looked up before it's like brain damage. Yeah. God, I
0: mispronounced it as well, but it's a plot point in uh, the Hannibal TV series.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Kira and I were talking quite a bit about the Hannibal TV series today. Um, have you watched the entire thing either? Of no, you I,
0: no, I watched the first two seasons and loved it Watched The first episode or two of season three. I still like it, but I just, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt me in the same way. Like, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. It's not bad. It's just, I, I don't know. Uh,
2: Hannibal's hot in it, right? He's mad. <laughs> Mikkelson I definitely really? like
0: Mads Mikkelsen as Hannibal a lot more than Anthony Hopkins. I don't I know that's probably Whoa. not a popular pick, but
2: controversial
0: you and you get to flesh the character out so much more. It's Brandon Anthony Hopkins played him in multiple movies, but it's not ten hours worth of television with him True. like in every other scene.
2: <laughs> Are you guys fans of uh like Let's talk about Silence of the Lambs. Are you fans of the movie Silence of the Lambs?
0: Yeah. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. I didn't care for it too much on the first viewing. Uh, the second one, I really dug it, and then
1: I like Red Dragon. Uh, yeah, really. Yeah, I like. Yeah. I, I like the. Uh, I like the second yeah, one. Yeah, Moore, more too. That was good. Yeah, I, I
0: like Red Dragon. Uh, yeah, Red Dragon was good. I I don't know if that's an unpopular. Opinion or not, but, yeah,
2: you know,
0: I like Rolfians and,
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Red Dragon was directed by uh Brett the Rat Ratner, by the way.
0: Oh, God, now you're going to try to make me feel bad about this. I'm not going to try to make
2: you feel bad. A, a sex monster. A, a sex monster <laughs> who's responsible for X-Men The Last Stand as well, so I just oh. want to... <laughs>
0: As almost as bad as the sex monster stuff, he's fucking like those <laughs> damn X Men movies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and Silence of the Lands was directed by the great Jonathan Demi, maybe a top five filmmaker of all time for me. Like the way that guy centers um, close up so close to the camera in like the center of the frame, mm-hmm. um, I think subconsciously changed filmmaking like you think of the first uh silas and the lambs movie when clarice and and hannibal are you know kind of verbally sparring in Mm -hmm. in the prison cell and those close-ups on both of their face where it's like it's like you are right next to you were looking at this person right in the face as they're delivering this um you didn't see that as much uh in in media as popular until then but it's like such an effective and like chilling way of like putting you in the eyes of like a victim or someone who's like being like <laughs> verbally berated by like a monster you know it's just like this really clever filmmaking technique that like you know i i like that movie a lot when it came out as a kid because i liked spooky shit and, and like serial killer shit and then mm-hmm. as an adult like just kind of liking movies and like seeing how it's influenced film. um that movie fucks me up a lot now um, in its craftsmanship as much as it does in its in its uh, content. And then there's Manhunter directed by the great Michael Mann, my number one favorite filmmaker of all time, which is just a weird movie um, with Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter. And a lot of, like, orange lights. It's like Silence of the Lambs meets Miami Vice. And it's really weird. Um, and also the the uh, Frankenstein from uh, Monster Squad plays the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> Tom Newland, I believe, is the actor's name. Oh, wow. That's... He was also the bad guy in Last Action Hero. Um, like, the the guy on the roof with the yellow raincoat who throws Schwarzenegger off. Um,
0: I have not seen that one. I, uh you it? haven't
2: seen last action or manhunter
0: uh either one actually i've started manhunter a few times though uh i've seen more of it than i have of the last action
2: hero yeah i feel like i should start a spin-off podcast called uh, michael mansplaining where i mansplain why uh michael Mann is the the greatest director of all time and i just talk about heat for like five hours a week but mm-hmm. that's another story for another day um we get Fucking, again, Vision says this is possibly a cure, and we get uh, Futurama, Scott Lang. I was yeah, really it's happy. Yeah, possible to
0: not take Futurama there. Did they yeah. say why Vision decided to go to Camp Lehigh? Um, I mean, I know that it's like a key, uh, like pivotal uh, location in the MCU, but I don't know that it really clarifies why he knew about it, or, or rather how he knew about it. I mean, granted, I guess he probably
2: has access. I don't the, think it does. The I, I really don't think they did. I really don't think they did. You know, when, uh, you know, when a says, uh, Tula, Tula, don't cry. I, um, was curious why she said the words Tula, Tula. And mm-hmm. then like I YouTubed it today. It's a uh, Zulu lullaby to stop babies from crying, which I thought was kind of cool. Hmm. We also get the twist of the episode that uh, the vision is a monster and. uh, (laughs) Banner, it kind of reminded me of uh, Cormac McCarthy's The Road, you know what I mean? With the cannibals where they would like, you know, chop a limb off someone and like eat it and like keep the person alive so they could keep harvesting their limbs. Um,
0: This is. Kind of similar to WandaVision uh, in the sense that both characters are doing kind of terrible things to uh, people that don't deserve it because of their lost love, pretty much. Uh, Mm -hmm. Trying to maintain that connection for just a little longer.
2: And Vision luring people there, cutting them off limb by limb and feeding these people to zombie Scarlet Witch.
0: Well, it was pretty cool too. Really cool.
2: Yeah. Dude. It
0: it was a little, um, I don't know, uh, unsettling seeing Black Panther, even though it's not live action, just seeing Black Panther uh, with an leg missing and just, then, like, him doing his, uh, his dialogue about, uh, death not being the end in his culture. It's just, dude, very, um, unnerving upsetting in a way uh uh...
2: bittersweet with the dialogue Mm -hmm. um famous last words we'll get to it eventually but the whole uh in my culture death's not the end stuff hearing Chadwick Boseman say that um and deliver those lines bittersweet and upsetting you know Mm -hmm. the Baba Yaga awakens and uh (laughs) Wanda goes on uh yeah. Uh, a zombie magic murder spree um highlight of the episode scott lang's futurama head gets the cloak of levitation and flies around like the coolest thing i've seen in a very long time uh totally rules uh okoye dies screaming wakanda forever because we had to throw that in because that movie made two billion dollars and the um, <laughs> vision uh kind of you know, admits um, the wrong in his ways and implodes the bunker and rips the fucking Mind Stone from his head to give to the surviving Avengers to take to um wherever so they can find the cure. You know, Black Panther's idea is like, let's take it to Wakanda because Wakanda's behind these shields at this point. No one is there yet. Um, And there's, interestingly enough... Uh, In the comics, before they were Quinjets, they were called Quadjets, right? Um, There was, like, a 1950s, like, flashback Avengers thing. It was, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. in the 50s that came out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. came out, like, mid-aughts, and it was, like, all precursor to S.H.I.E.L.D. technology, and it was the OG Nick Fury kind of before he assembled the Avengers Mm -hmm. kind of characters, like Human Torch and shit like that. And uh, the Quadjet that they showed in this is the same design that – Fury and uh, Carol flew in the first Captain Marvel movie, which is kind of cool. Banner hulks out. He is cured of his erectile dysfunction, which uh, <laughs> I forgot to talk about before. Mm-hmm. The um, the whole, like, come on, guy, like, get out definitely um, reminds. God, I don't want to get personal on this podcast, but it reminds me of erectile dysfunction. Um... <laughs> oh. <laughs> am i wrong in saying that you know what i mean can you see the analogy at least yes
0: yeah it is similar it can't perform in uh when it counts uh yeah yeah yeah
2: there you go and this week we are sponsored by no (laughs) (laughs) and um another highlight of the episode was hulk um hulk not hulk um Hope not being able to stop the quad jet and her getting, like, zombie ho- Hope getting mad and just, like, picking up a zombie and, like, unceremoniously throwing it at the quad jet. Like, in yeah,
0: the, yeah, I wondered if that was, uh, on the first time, I, I thought maybe it was a character we knew, but no, it's like a random zombie.
2: Uh <laughs> No Wilhelm scream, though. You're probably uh, yeah. happy about that.
0: Yeah, and now that you mention it, that's going to bump my score up by a whole half stone.
2: We're not accepting quarterstones this episode.
1: Oh, oh, you're right. You're right.
2: Uh <laughs> We're gonna have to not this week, but we'll see what next week brings.
1: Uh, Wanda looked awesome. Yes, um, dude. As as zombie Wanda, she was dope as hell, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I said earlier that
0: Hawkeye looks the coolest, but I had kind of forgotten about uh Scarlet Witcher.
1: Uh, it's it's neck and neck for me between those two uh, as far as who looked best. As I mean, her as a zombie with her power set yeah. is, like, crazy. Yeah, yeah, the power set adds to
2: the whole volume of it. Uh, the um, the Marvel zombie comics eventually, um, it's, it's, like, totally batshit where zombie, well, not zombie, Galactus is basically coming, right? Mm-hmm. And Silver Surfer's coming to this zombie world to, like, warn, like, to be the herald of Galactus and the zombies overrun silver surfer (laughs) and they get the the power cosmic and they're able to use the power cosmic to infect Galactus. And eventually zombie Galactus starts going to other worlds (laughs) and like turning them into zombies and like eating the world and like shitting it out as like a zombie world. So it's cool to see the like, like Wanda, like the Uber powerful Mm -hmm. Omega level heroes, you know, be zombies, but also have these, like you said, Jeff, these like fucked up, Power sets, like fuck up power sets. Like Wanda Maximoff is probably the most beast character, right? That we have so far. Other yeah, than. It's between
0: her and uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, I would personally uh, say it's Start Witch because her power set is more versatile. Uh, but yeah, it is an argument to be had. Uh, I do wonder if he, either of you had an issue with. Vision deciding to no longer uh, feed people to to (laughs) Scarlet Witch. Where no real like, there's no argument or like guilt. No, no one's guilting him into like, please stop feeding people. My
2: my like biggest thing with the Vision in this episode is his justification, assuring them that his decisions were made logically Mm -hmm. I I don't understand at all like what's the logic behind this like you could save everyone but you don't you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like why don't you use the powers to like save your fucking girl like you know like that would be the logical step oh
0: yeah they because her powers come partly from an infinity stone she's too powerful the method that he uses to uh, fix Scott Lang does not work on her. Her power pretty much uh, uh, refuses it. Basically, yeah.
2: Do you think when he said logically, he has a bunch of heads in jars, so he like saved them, turned them from being undead to from being like dead a, a to council undead? Council
0: of head, like the uh, Futurama president uh, yeah exactly. Yes, head museum. Yeah, mm-hmm. I. I do not think that's the case, but I
2: feel like where you're going. <laughs> I'm uh, trying to justify this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Any further thoughts about this uh, particular bit, uh, Jeff?
1: Um, no, I mean, like I said, I really liked seeing Wanda. I think that the whole idea of like Wanda with her powers and everything, like as a zombie is crazy. Like mm-hmm. that whole like premise right there is just like was remarkable to see. It was really cool to see Hulk Hulk out. And, like, uh, mm-hmm. really for me, like, I really felt like um, out of everything I've seen from What If so far, this episode was the one where I could see, literally see Marvel Studios use this concept. If they wanted to make, like, a one-off film, a What If film or whatever, and bring the Avengers in mm-hmm. and do, like, this concept for the film, like, the the Marvel Zombies concept, it would
2: work. It would be a blockbuster. It would make a lot of money.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I
0: wouldn't argue that. Uh, I mean that's pretty
2: bankable. <laughs> yeah the uh, I was kind of saying it before the thing that kind of spawned the ongoing Marvel zombies series was the amount of merchandise that sold from that fantastic Four ultimate fantastic Four uh, those issues where mm-hmm. they read went to the zombie universe um. And Marvel started selling, you know, they had an excuse to sell, like, a Marvel zombie, like, keychain and a Marvel zombie t-shirt. And then, like, I think they had, like, something with Hot Topic and, like, Marvel zombie shit just started, like, selling. So, they're like, we got to do an ongoing series about this. And um, it's a really popular bit. You know, it's a really, again, zombies are really popular. Travis, you mentioned they're... before the... They did a they crossover read. with
0: Army of Darkness too and yeah, That one did. I actually did read. Uh I'm not I didn't mention uh Marvel zombies yet, but I liked Army of Darkness
1: and uh Evil Dead stuff, so mm-hmm.
0: Are
2: You a uh, fan of Evil Dead, Jeff?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Classic.
2: Fuck yeah. Classic. Uh, Travis, I thought of you this week. I, I went on a shout-out to Androids Amazing Comics in mm-hmm. Seville, New York, and shout-out to Hunter and James of Androids Amazing Podcast, Friends of the Show. Um, I went on their show on Tuesday to talk about Shang-Chi. One of the perks of being friends with the guys who own the comic book store is going there on Tuesdays, and they don't let me buy the comics. I don't know if I should be saying this on air, um, but when they do the – because the, they release it on Wednesdays. So they let me read my comics on oh. so, so i get there an hour early and i take my pull list and i read through it and we do um i don't know if you ever listen to the show but we do uh you know reviews of the week basically on the new issues coming out and everyone picks a book uh the owner hunter james and i just kind of sit around and talk about the books that they pick but hunter picked the uh, army of darkness or yeah it was called army of darkness 1977 i believe and um travis i thought of you because it's actually like a warriors crossover where oh wow Ash... yeah.
0: yeah yeah that could be fun i uh i remember doing this is crossover with a lot of stuff uh <laughs> so like, we'll i was, I was reading and Slash a lot back when and there was uh, a lot of crossover with that too uh
2: did tim Seely write hack and slash yes yes he did he's a good guy hmm he just like writes good horror you know Mm -hmm. i'm gonna hold up uh not good for an audio medium i'm gonna hold up my army of darkness vinyl that i conveniently keep right next to my recording desk i that's nice yeah it's fun my little shout out to my little sister margo for buying me the army of darkness vinyl a movie we saw in theaters when we were eight years old
0: yeah i actually saw that one before either of the evil dead movies uh me too for some reason uh yeah
2: I think because it might have been like an HBO movie or just like a cable movie that they had like an edit for. So it was like oddly popular, you know, like on TV. Yeah, well, so, it's
0: a very quotable movie, more so than the first two films for sure. It's,
2: come get some. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, there's just so many audio clips in that you could sample.
2: You guys want to talk about my biggest beef with, this episode as we wrap up um episode five of, of what if okay yeah, yeah so they're they fly the quinja they're flying it to wakanda because they think wakanda is going to be safe right mm-hmm. in infinity war thanos went to wakanda because that's where the vision was so he could get the mm. mind stone right we find out that thanos has already infiltrated wakanda and all the wakandans are zombies and he has five infinity stones already the only one missing is the mind stone Mm -hmm. which is not in wakanda first off why would thanos go to wakanda if the mind stone wasn't already there yet second the zombie doctor strange that we saw had the time stone on him so how did he obtain that time stone unless it was given to him by the zombie ebony maw and the zombie uh call obsidian thoughts on this
1: <laughs> I have I have no explanation. <laughs> I, I I don't. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I I would assume one of the
0: Black Order zombie versions got it for him. Did both of them get destroyed at the beginning? Uh, Ebony Maw and of Obsidian I, I don't recall
1: well, I know when, one I of mean, them did. I think
2: but. they both got eaten when by become, bugs. They both got eaten by bugs. I just don't.
1: I don't understand the concept of how Thanos could be a zombie and still be like seeking the infinity stones and shit like that, like zombified. Like that's some serious intellect there.
2: Well, that that goes back to kind of what we were talking about in the beginning where you're like, I like that they still have their abilities and their intellect in the, the rules of the Marvel zombie zombies is that like for in the comics, again, it was like they retained a lot of their intellect Mm -hmm. and their abilities. So Thanos like mission to still get the stones Um, might have still been there. And maybe he would use it to create more life so he would have something to eat. You know what I mean?
0: That would be a fun turn. Uh, Do you think we'll get a sequel in season two?
2: Well, that would leave us with um, a couple things I wanted to address. Uh, We don't know what happened to Thor. Uh, We don't know what happened to Groot. We don't know what happened to Rocket or Nebula at Mm -hmm. this point. Those are the, like, outstanding, like, active players on the board, right? hmm So if we were to get a sequel, I think it would be interesting if it was, you know, zombie Thanos and these remaining Avengers. Um, I also want to see Groot wear the cloak of the Levitation quite a bit. I think that would be very fun.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, him a Rocket? Uh, oh, that
2: would be fun, too. hmm <laughs> And Rocket would have all the arms uh, he could ask for, too, right? And body parts. Yes, could, yes. Uh, all the, uh, the missing limbs,
0: yes.
2: Do you guys have anything else to say about episode five of Marvel's uh, first foray into animation with the cinematic universe? What if zombies exclamation point question mark?
1: Best episode so far out of all of them for me
2: oh hold it hold it we're, we're doing our reviews I'm I'm, I'm I'm teeing it up anything else to say or complain no, about
1: no not until the review
2: uh. all right let's jump into the reviews tell us how you really feel let's read this Okay, so we've wrapped up everything that we had to do about episode five of Marvel. What if zombies question mark exclamation point? Uh, it's come to the point where we give our rating. So Jeff fellow listeners, Travis, listen to me. I mean, you hear it every week, but here's how it works on our show. We have a six point rating system, we rate it out of Infinity Stones, Jeff, because we are, of course, MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast. So we do one out of six Infinity Stones, one being the worst, six being the best. We do accept half stones. So keep that in mind. So from one to six Infinity Stones, Jeff, as our guest from the MCU Bleeding Edge podcast and live stream every Wednesday at 9.05 Eastern Standard Time what do you give episode five of what if zombies a five gentlemen gentlemen score a gentleman score
1: solid five
2: give us a little review what do you think
1: well i don't i don't want to go too higher than five i don't want to go that much higher than five because um like i gave it a 9.5 on a 10 scale earlier today on the podcast of champions okay and I, i want to save my 10 because i think that it's very possible that we could probably get a better episode in these last four that we're going to get <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, than what we got in this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I feel like the momentum of the show is really going in a direction where every, every week they're, they're up in their game.
2: We've um, kind of hit this crossroads, Jeff, where Travis and I keep, we don't like to give things perfect scores because like, it's not, seven samurai or fucking the godfather you know <laughs> you know what i mean but like we keep inching closer to like what did we give it last week a five but we liked this well, week better so
0: yeah yeah it was i think it stayed a five even though i like it better than the week before uh a little bit uh yeah yeah i i just don't like giving anything a perfect store on first viewing uh mm-hmm. Like, maybe there's stuff that inches that way eventually for me, depending on how many times I'm able to rewatch it and still, and it not show too many of its warts. Uh, basically, uh, really rewatches when you start noticing all the flaws with movies, at least for me. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw out this one, I gave a three and a half out of uh, six personal enjoyment uh that was i didn't dislike it i just it wasn't my cup of tea more than it wasn't bad or anything it just wasn't my cup of tea really
2: uh yeah i i i'm gonna give it the same thing like a 3.5 out of six I totally, totally understand the appeal of this episode. Like Jeff, Mm -hmm. the whole episode, you're like, I like zombie media and like people love zombie media. And this was so solid in that regard, minus the gore, but it still had fun kills Mm -hmm. and the fun tropes of this zombie genre and also the fun kind of metatextual stuff where they dissect the zombie genre a little bit in it, like Shaun of the Dead, where they're like, these are the rules of the zombie apocalypse. And like, haven't you ever seen a movie? All of those things. Definitely. Like if I was like, and again, like I love, we haven't talked about Dawn of the Dead or, or day of the dead yet, but like, or Romero in general, which is crazy oversight, by the way, guys, like I can't understate how much, those fucking first three Romero zombie movies fucking rule. And how many times I rented Dawn of the Dead, and my wife would be like, "You own this movie, and you rented every week." And I'm like, "I just it was at the movie That's store and supporting. I saw it." Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And 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 yeah, how I bet you I,
0: buy all of those multi movie packs to have Night of the Living Dead on there as well, because it's public domain film, so anyone can release it. <laughs>
2: And I've uh, sampled it many a time as a person who's, like, made hip-hop beats and stuff mm-hmm. his entire life. And, like, used, like, samples of public domain stuff. Just the fact that, like, Night of the Living Dead is this public domain thing. I've always been like, oh, I could just do the, like, they're coming to get you, Barbara, and, like, not get in trouble for it, you know? Um, but, again, like, uh, is it zombie burnout? Like, I don't know. Is it that, like, I just... I enjoyed maybe it's coming off of last week where I felt like every single episode from 2 with the Chala and the Guardians to what was the third one uh Travis um
1: oh uh what? if the Avengers didn't come That's together the, yeah, the, the, the for murder mystery
2: yep and then the uh and then the Doctor Strange one I felt like they were like either twisted morality tales or kind of like heavy like stuff I'm more interested in the the genre play on the murder mystery, the genre play on the Faustian uh, morality tale, just kind of things that like at this moment in my life, I'm just like very like into, and I got a lot of character stuff um, where this one didn't have as much of that, but it, it had a lot of action, a lot of fun and a lot of really good character moments. And I was really happy to see Paul Rudd back. Um, So giving it a three out of six stones, it's not like a dismiss. Like I just, um, I guess it just didn't click personal boxes, but Mm. I'm happy Marvel is doing all of these different things and deviating from the norm um, as much as they are with something like this, like to have an episode of a fucking TV show like this TV show has a tendency to kill its darlings constantly. Mm-hmm. And I greatly appreciate that. It just is keeping with that trend. That's not scared to do those things and be bold and be different and move in new directions each week and get so much variety from this series. You know, we got a gallivanting, very positive message space opera with the second episode. We got a pulpy world war two episode right off the bat. Mm -hmm. We got the murder mystery episode with Hank Pym at the end. And we got that really weird mystical arts thing with Dr. Strange. Now we get a zombie thing. There is something for everyone in what if, and I greatly appreciate that. And it's consistent art wise. It's consistent direction is consistent. Um, Voice acting, for the most part, uh, Travis and I kind of ragged on Sebastian Stan in the first episode for phoning it in, but he did a good job here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very consistent. And uh, yeah, it, it gets me really excited, especially for teeing up sequel bait, like if they felt like it, like there's mm-hmm. a lot of really rich and ripe lore and storytelling to do at the end of all of these episodes where it's like they could do a sequel, whether or not, Jeff, it's like the live action thing or it's just mm-hmm. another... Um, you know, episode in the second season or third season mm-hmm. down the road, you know, a continuation of this. Or it's doing something
0: with their tie-in comics that generally don't do anything interesting. Uh.
2: <laughs> no, not Chip Zdarsky is at the head right now, my friend. Oh, So really? I'm hoping. Yeah, okay. well, yeah. yeah. Like, video. um, yeah. yeah. So, like, Zdarsky did this thing called like Spider's Web, which is like a What If Spider-Man series, and he's like the figurehead for the what if brand now. Mm-hmm. And instead of them being one shots, Travis, they're going to be like three to six issue. Oh, limited no, 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 series. The,
0: rest of the tie-in comics. I meant the MCU tie-ins, not. Oh, what if, uh, yeah, that would yeah, be,
2: yeah.
0: yeah no, yeah. The, the MCU tie-ins are, tend to be very forgettable. Oh.
2: They very much are. <laughs> There's like one good one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Again, great episode. I didn't love it as much as the other ones, but I fucking still I'm eating it up every week with a silver spoon. I, You know, I'm a pig and shit basically about this series so far to date. Um, we have a little bit of news, uh, not necessarily MCU news, but it is Marvel news. And it's something that I kind of want to talk about to you guys about. So good time to jump into it, Travis.
0: Sure, sure.
2: All right, let's do it. All right, Travis, lay down some of the news that happened this week, specifically with uh, this PlayStation Summit. Was that what it was called?
0: Yeah, yeah. The The big one is a Wolverine game announcement. Uh, the, there wasn't much to the trailer. It was pretty much a, a shot of Wolverine Airbar, uh, in Street Kills and seeing Papa's calls. And that's pretty much it, but the the developer is Insomniac Games, who is responsible for the recent Spider Man games, which are, in my opinion, possibly the best adaptation of a Spider Man outside of comic books. Uh, uh, yeah, more so than the movies in some regards, yeah. So, them getting to handle this character too is very exciting, especially since. Some of the other Marvel games in recent years haven't been great. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for it. Easier to see who the villains are, who, what the costumes are, because the Spider-Man games had a ton of costumes, even for the Miles Morales game, and that's a new character without a, a ton of things to pull from.
2: And much like the Arkham series, there's like a level of quality that's expected from the studio who's making these Mm -hmm. um intellectual property uh games and franchises so not only did they announce that they're doing a wolverine game which is exciting they're doing spider-man 2 it's going to be featuring venom uh -hmm. and miles morales um yes and uh,
0: it sounded like craven doing the voice so uh the voiceover narration for the trailer i'm very on board with that
2: i started spider-man for playstation my friend okay okay no spoilers we'll save it for the episode but i i have started it i'm really excited to uh to dive into it and talk to you about it because i'm enjoying the story mode quite a bit so far Mm -hmm. and having been starting these things you know this game recently i'm like five years late but uh seeing the news that the studio that made this thing that's kind of awesome and kicking my ass right now and everyone's been talking about especially you Travis for so long uh got me really excited yeah. because it's kind of game a times. Uh, I don't know if you mean
0: literally kicking your ass
2: it's it's like flooring me it's so much fun Jeff have you played any of the Spider-Man games for PlayStation
1: no no I I, I really don't play that many video games man I'm more of like when I do play I play a lot of sports games okay I get you. yeah m- oh.
2: me too like I play uh I play like RPG, like I play like Final Fantasy and shit, you, and, or I or, or, yeah. or I play FIFA and NBA. So, um, you know.
1: Yeah, me too. I play a lot of NBA too. Yeah, exactly. There's... But these
2: games, killer, yes. killer.
1: Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I mean, I like to. I always like to hear about this stuff. Mm-hmm. I just don't really participate. You know what I mean? Like, you know, my son, like, you know, is more into it than I yeah, am. Yeah, I. This is a game that I would. Even if I didn't game, I'd probably watch like a YouTube
0: playthrough of the cinematics. just to mm-hmm. it is that good and they put a lot of care and effort into it. Uh, there's also a Guardians of the Galaxy trailer for that game. I'm somewhat excited for it, a little nervous because it's it put out by Square and they uh, put out that Avengers game that I alluded to a minute ago that isn't yeah. very good and it's very uh, predatory financially. uh and continues to be that's you know if they had patched it to where that was less so but it just keeps like doubling down uh the guardians game looks decent uh i hope it is um yeah the decision to only let you play a star lord is a little baffling, but
2: (laughs) and they have a whack uh villain i forgot the name of the chick she's like kind of like
0: is it aisha or is it is the Church of Universal Truth or something? Yeah, I think. No, yeah, uh, I think
2: it might be the Church of Universal Truth. Um, I assume yeah,
0: they'll have a few of them, but I did mm-hmm. note that Dan Abnett is doing uh, some of the storyline assistance, so hopefully that'll mean good things.
2: Oh, that is cool. Yeah, yeah. But, I, you know, Abnett and Landing redefine modern Guardians of the Galaxy. You know what I mean?
0: marvel cosmic uh in general they handled nova or just the cosmic end of things that tone that they had for a few years uh was nice
2: yeah i mean you just finished reading um
0: annihilation conquest uh, the sequel to annihilation Annihilation before that uh um and yeah the there's a lot to like there
2: um god i wish i knew the name of this fucking bad guy because it's driving me crazy it's it's some chick i I can't believe it's one of
0: the free looking
2: ones oh man i'm gonna fuck it up and it's just gonna waste more time (laughs) but i am excited i am excited for these spider-man games um so yeah I, i again we spoke last week like openly on air how like I don't play a ton of video games, but I like these stories. So you coaxed me like, why don't you just play it? And I was like, yeah, my roommates got it. So I started doing it and, uh, and we're going to do an episode on it. So I'm just like in the mood and I just wanted to like, you know, I haven't gotten to talk to you about Mm -hmm. it. I'm really fucking. Oh
1: yeah. Hmm?
2: So, um, Jeff, this is the time of the episode where we're going to kind of wrap things up. Fucking shoot your plugs, my friend, shoot your plugs.
1: Of course. Um, The MCU's BleedingEdge.org is our website. Uh, You can find full podcast episodes on there, um, our blog, um, contact information for the MCU's Bleeding Edge, show notes, all that good stuff. Uh, Like um, John uh, was so uh, courteous to mention, we are we're live every Wednesday evening at 9:05 p.m. Eastern, 6:05 p.m. Pacific, and uh, we do um, MCU content every Wednesday evening. We do a live stream. Focused on the MCU. We slip a little DCU in the back door here and there just to keep things interesting. Um, But mostly we're MCU focused. We're reviewing what if, just like these guys are. And um, hopefully we'll have um, John and Travis on again, you know, sometime soon in the future. Um, And, uh, you know, basically um, uh, come check us out. Um, You know, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's the MCU's Bleeding Edge. You can find that. That's what we are on everything. We're, We're on every platform, every social media. Or the MCU's bleeding edge, but uh, uh, I really appreciate having a chance to come over here and and be on you guys' show. So um, you know, just thank you very much for letting me come on and everything. I really appreciate it. Oh yeah, Anytime, it's good to be able to collaborate man. with you guys again.
2: Anytime, mm-hmm. brother man, it was a blast to have you. It was a blast to have you, and I'm happy that you were on this episode particularly because I was like, God, I hope, because again, I wasn't like, I was like, I'm so happy that we had somebody who loved this fucking episode on because like. Mm-hmm. i i I love hearing positive things and and just every time i talk to you about marvel stuff or anything in general like you're a really positive guy and it's really nice to hear all these positive things come from you guys and again check jeff out at the mcu's bleeding edge every wednesday 9 5 p.m eastern standard time you could find us at uh, the mcu beyond infinity podcast facebook group where you can go and speak to other fellow like-minded marvel such as travis and myself um we have a very special episode coming with our co-founder nick fury herself kira will be returning Uh, i'm really excited for everyone to listen to that uh you could also reach us at the mcu beyond infinity podcast at gmail.com until then i will talk to you guys next week i am john i'm travis and we are venom